from wherever they feel like it. It's Two Guys Watch a Movie! Who is your host? Two Guys! Hey everybody, welcome to Two Guys Watch a Movie episode number two! Hi. It's two, uh, yeah, we are two guys. I'm Jordan Ehrlich. I'm Tommy Quartz. We're two guys. We watch movies. This is our podcast about movies. Mm. Tommy, how's your week been? Uh, busy. Busy's good. Yeah. How about yours? Fun stuff. It's been good. It's been good. Uh, wedding planning stuff. I'm here. Yeah, we're getting married. Not to each other. Not to each other, no. Uh, to diff- two different people. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, figuring that out. Some stuff out there this week. It's been great. Yeah. Um, so, just to get the ball rolling on this, um, figured it'd be fun to like start off, uh, be a fun way to kick off discussion each week by asking each other various movie-related questions in a segment called Questions! No! Okay, so you had, you had a couple of questions that you had. I do. Here. Uh, yesterday we discussed the fact that you've never seen Evil Dead 1 and 2. I did mention that to you yesterday, yes. Uh, and so that begs the question, for me, who are some of your favorite horror directors? Favorite horror directors... I don't know, like, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know typical, like, horror directors mm-hmm. well enough. I have noticed that, I one, uh, you know, I haven't seen Evil Dead 1 or 2, but one Sam Raimi horror movie I did see was Drag, drag Me, me to, to Hell. Yeah, Drag oh Me to God. Hell, so which good. I loved, um, and I noticed he does have this very, like, campy style to it but while also at the same time for some reason being very scary yeah there's a fun there's just an enjoyment factor to anything he does that is <laughs> yeah so awesome but also uh, pretty similar to because now we we'll, we're discussing this week what we saw yesterday oh boy yeah we uh we our main topic today we're gonna be talking about the batshit crazy movie uh color out of space <laughs> oh boy <laughs> So much, uh, so much to talk about there. Um, So we're talking horror stuff. That's a sci-fi horror movie. Um, Also, um, I mean, The Exorcist, like William Friedkin, comes to mind. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Who's really good? I love The Exorcist. Yeah, probably one of my favorite horror movies, right there. What about you? Any horror director? Well, that's why I I mentioned Evil Dead uh, because of Sam Raimi, of course. Yeah, is uh, is the best, and uh, all the horror that he does, including. Evil Dead 1 and 2 and Army of Darkness and Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. And the one scene from Spider-Man 2. Which one? The Which? the Dr. Octopus scene, the hospital oh, scene. Oh! When he wakes up and it, it looks like it's straight out of Evil Dead 2. It is terrifying. It's amazing. It's played yes. like a horror movie. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so good. Um, you said you had another one I'm, written down. I don't know. I, I oh, My other question written yeah. down. But I was also thinking of other horror directors oh. that I like and I'm, yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Whoever directed it follows. It's great. Ooh, very cool. <laughs> um, I've no, I've heard nothing but good things about that movie. Okay. I've yet to see it though. It's my. It's probably my favorite horror movie of the last maybe twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my second question is uh, how to kill the Batman. <laughs> no, but actually, then I thought I could make it into a movie question. How if you were directing a movie where the bad guy kills Batman? Oh. How would you kill the Batman? I mean, the easy answer to that would be, like, 
I mean, they kind of already did it in The Dark Knight Rises where Bane breaks Batman's back. Uh, I'm sure you'd have to be some comic book famous. Yeah. Or... Like, it'd be a nod to the comics where, like, and then, like, say, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, like, becomes Nightwing or something yeah, by the end of that yeah. movie. I guess, like, let's say Bruce Wayne's back never healed. Sure. Um, I would like to see a dark, gritty comic book movie where the bad guys win. Like, uh, well, you say dark and gritty, so not I mean, like Infinity not, War. Not, yeah, but... no, I mean, that could, that could work. I mean, uh, but uh, I'm thinking more, like, they were saying, they're saying that the uh, the next Doctor Strange movie will be the first horror movie oh, yeah. in, in the MCU. And a lot of horror movies do have sort of happy endings or, like, you know, it seems, but then there's usually a little tale. There's always, like, a little stinger at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh, maybe it all. Everything's happy, or is it? Yeah, right. Um, but I would like to see one where, but I really like horror movies where it, it seems like the bad guy went, like, uh, spoilers, but uh, hereditary. Where, I know, but yeah, yeah. Where, you know, where it's shit. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The, the, the bad guy wins in, in, so I would like to see a, Comic book movie where the bad guy wins. And then I guess yeah. Infinity War is sort of like that. Sort of, but then that end, Endgame came along and kind of like... Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. It's a good cliffhanger, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Or just like a really... I want to see Batman just die in a really lame way, I yeah, guess. Yeah, just, so he just, just like, gets hit by a car when he's first Oh, yeah, like he trips over his cape or... Or like yeah. his cape gets caught in a... Sewer and it just or strangles him somehow. Just, oh <laughs> god! It just carries him down. Just like be like in the Incredibles, where they're like, no capes, no capes, yeah, and yeah. like you see all the superheroes who've died because of their capes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> kill it. off Batman. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be fun to kill off Batman unceremoniously. I mean, general. I mean, you don't want to see Batman die per se, but like, <laughs> no, I I yeah. want to kill the Batman. Okay. Okay, Enigma. Okay. Right. Um, um, <laughs> that's a that's a fun question. Mine's significantly less fun. All right, what have you or got? Less interesting, I guess. I got to come up with a more interesting question for next week. Um, what was the first movie you remember going to go see in the movie theater? Uh, I know the movie. The first movie I saw in the movie theater, but I don't remember it. It's okay. just from my parents telling me, and that was when they re-released 101 Dalmatians in the early '90s. Was this the animated uh, one? Yeah, yeah. They re-released the yeah the old classic. I think it was ninety one. They re-released it. Oh, okay. Uh, just in theaters for you know a couple months or whatever. And uh, okay, so that was apparently the first movie I saw in theaters. Very cool. But I'm trying to think. That's a very good question. The first one I actually remember. Huh. I remember my like mine was like Disney as well. Like I, I the first one apparently that I saw because my parents told me was uh, Aladdin. Oh yeah, I, I was, really remember seeing Aladdin. I think I might have seen it multiple times in the theaters, but I, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I I feel like I remember talking to one of my brothers about it <laughs> and like <laughs> being in the theater. So maybe we saw it together, but I don't remember. But it was great. Yeah. I loved Aladdin. Oh, man, I vividly remember seeing The Lion King. That was kind of the first one that I like remember. Definitely. Let me see. All, yeah. was, all my Disney. I love Disney. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing Hercules for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Um, Babe, I remember going to go see early yeah. on too. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't 
very young. I mean, it was 97, so yeah. I was 9, but I remember seeing uh, all the Star Wars special editions re-released. Oh, man. Because you know, that was so yeah. cool, because they only did it for, like, two weeks at a time. Oh, yeah. So special, because I got to go to the movies, like, once every couple weeks, so oh. it was like, you know, oh, we got another excuse to... See that on a movie screen would have been... It was imagine. awesome. The Jabba the Hutt scene... <laughs> Looks like crap. Especially the 97 version. Oh, God. And they, that's the one they show on Disney. They show that one on Disney Plus. No. Or it's a, they include the Jabba scene in the Disney Plus version. Yeah, but Plus it's the version. Blu-ray. It's the fixed Blu-ray one. Oh, I mean, it looks a lot better. The 97 one, you can find it where his eyes bug out and the like. it's ridiculous. Was it computer animated in that version as well, Jabba? Or was the 97 it a, one? Yeah. Yeah, and it was really bad. It was. It still looked pretty bad when I saw it on Disney+. Plus. No, I mean, it's significantly it's better. Sig- go look, oh, wow. Go look it up on... There's YouTube to show the transitions. Uh, it had to be uh, terrible, then. It's incredible. I mean, it looks cartoony and plastic and so wrong. It, that sounds <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, and like, yeah, you know there's the part where he walks behind him, too, and his eyes bug out in the... They make it still bug out in the current version, but the one in 97 was, like, really cartoony. Oh, man. Like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> they never moved like that. No. Oh, see, um, that sounds incredibly nightmare-inducing. Yeah, no, I can't think... Uh, particular. I remember loving the seeing the uh, Power Rangers movie. <laughs> Didn't see that until that came on video. I remember it was my friend Pierce's birthday party. <laughs> we went and all saw it, and... Uh, everyone, you know, he gave everyone a different balloon for, like, what color Power Ranger they would be. Uh, and I got the Black Ranger, even though the Green Ranger's name is was Tommy. Was Tommy, yeah. Guess who gave himself the uh, Green Ranger? I was the Black Ranger for Halloween uh, in yeah. kindergarten. I, me, I was the Red Ranger in kindergarten. Oh, no, that's cool. Right, well, I would have rather been the Red Ranger. Shit, I would have rather that been, been That might have been first grade. I think kindergarten might have been spider I think I wanted to be the White Ranger just because, like, I loved Tommy. Oh, like, Tommy cool. was just, like, oh, the coolest. I had, I had the Saba sword. <laughs> Sort of oh. the little lion mouth, and you can make its mouth move by pushing the button. Oh, oh. it was cool. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, should we see what's going on? Let's see. Let's talk about box office. All right, box office. We've got in. First place, though, this we're recording this on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, oh, yeah. Go, go, I I know. <laughs> go Niners. Um, go Chiefs. All right. What, that's my home team. I got AFC. <laughs> I guess, you know, I really don't care. I don't but, either, uh, but, you know, I'll watch. I'll root for them. It'll be great. Uh, but we are recording this on a Sunday, so these are estimates right now uh, okay. of movies. So. Number one this week was Bad Boys for Life with... Is that again number one? That is... This is the third week in a row. Made $17.7 million. Uh, now uh, it's made $148 million domestic. Uh, internationally, another $30.8 million. This is now the highest grossing movie in the Bad Boys franchise. Huh. I have to admit, I've not seen any of them. I have seen ha- the first half of the second one. <laughs> I, I need to catch up, catch up on that. I hear they're great. I kind of want to see this one. It yeah, looks really too. good. It looks good. Good for them. Uh, I love Will Smith. This is a hit. I think the budget was like $90 million, something like that. So this is a okay. hit. Yeah. Uh, 1917 in uh, second place this week. All right. Uh, $9.7 million, just about. Made uh, international 
gross is at $129.8 million. You got a hit right here for sure. Okay. Uh, and this is a Universal movie. Uh, Universal need, badly needed a hit because uh, between Cats and <laughs> the uh, the number three movie, they really needed a hit. So Doolittle's in play, third place this weekend at number wow. three. Kind of amazed. You know what came out that, uh, you know, there was this article that detailed all the behind the, the scenes uh, stuff that went Mm-mm. on, and Tell me about it. there were so many reshoots for this movie. Apparently, like originally, they they, they want like they wanted to do reshoots to infuse more of the talking animals mm-hmm. and more uh more comedy into now, this. I have not seen the film, but I have had no. the film spoiled for me. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what happens at the very end of this movie. <laughs> Spoilers: There's a giant dragon fart. There's a dragon fart. There's a constipated dragon, and apparently, what Doolittle does bagpipes out of his ass. He goes like elbow. Apparently, he goes. I haven't seen it, but apparently, he goes. It gets his arm elbow deep into the dragon's ass and pulls a whole bunch of things that I'm not kidding about, including bagpipes. And the bagpipes, yeah, turn out to be the cause of this. And then the dragon lets out a giant fart in Doolittle's face. And sources close to the production actually say uh, whose idea that was. Whose idea? Guess? Was it Robert Downey Jr.? It idea? was Robert Downey Jr.'s idea to have the, the this whole idea was for was. Look, I it, respect him. <laughs> what? Well, as God. an actor. But well, they, not as a writer, I guess. They tried to get so many people to uh, come in. At one point, they wanted Seth Rogen to come Look, in. Look, I don't know. I haven't seen right. it. Could be, it could be very funny when he pulls the bagpipes out Maybe of it is. I don't know. It just sounds like something that needs to be seen to be believed. Yeah, I've also heard Robert Downey Jr.'s voice is incomprehensible through the whole It's like a Welsh... It's a combination of like Welsh and like something else. Yeah. Like, it's... I don't know. Maybe it'll find, uh, it'll find a second life somewhere down the road. Maybe. Who knows? It'll probably be very forgettable. That that would be my guess. Universal needed a hit with 1917, because Universal produced Doolittle as well, and between this one and Cats, like, I don't know. Uh, number, uh, number four, first new release on the list, uh, Gretel and Hansel, with six oh. million, just over six million. Yeah. Um, which opened below... Um, just over below six million? Yeah. That's very low. Yeah, it came up just a little shy of expectations. Doesn't seem like audiences like this movie. It's got a C minus score on Cinema Score right now. Um, uh, let me check Rotten Tomatoes. Gives it a 20% from audience, 56 from critics. That's a really big, like, uh, that's gap. It is. Um, the movie. And not is, in a good way. The movie is called Gretel and Hansel, A Grim Fairy Tale. Is that the full Grim title? Grim with one M, so it's not related to... It's like they're trying to get around rights for a 150-year-old story. Uh, you would think that Hansel and Gretel would be like, is it public domain? I don't I know. Would, it's, it's 75 years after the author's death is when and, uh, written works become public and domains. Grim Brothers, it has to be public domain now, I guess. I would really think so, but Wait, the other funny thing is calling it... You gotta imagine someone pitched the movie like, alright, you know Hansel and Gretel, right? Yes. I Gretel and Hansel. Fuck! <laughs> uh, wait, they call it a grim fairy tale? Like 1M? 1M. Oh, so they're saying like it's a grim, like, it's story. A, this is a very and morose and depressing story here. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. Maybe it was, I don't know. I heard it's shot beautifully. Yeah, that's um, what I've also heard. I can't believe, that's such a, you would think the audience, uh, 
you know, you go to Rotten Tomatoes, you usually see a higher audience rating for, than yeah, for, for like, horror, crappy horror. Sometimes. Yeah, so that's a little, it's a little bit of a shock. Yeah. <sighs> Number five. Must be uh, boring. Yeah. Number five. We'll go through the top ten. Number five was The Gentleman, which I actually also saw this week. Oh, was it good? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It started off. It's weird. I wish they'd written the dialogue for Matthew McConaughey's character better. Because have mm-hmm. you ever seen like a Guy Ritchie movie? Uh, yeah. Like they're, they're very stylish. Yeah. And like is very. This is Guy Ritchie. Oh, okay. This is a Guy Ritchie. Oh yeah, movie. And it looks very Guy Ritchie-ish. It, and it is. What was the last movie he directed? It was something weird, right? Probably the Sherlock Holmes movie. Uh, there was something sillier that he directed. Oh, Aladdin. Yeah. He did right, Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, that was Aladdin. Okay, I never yeah. saw that. I never watched it. I would have loved to have watched a Guy Ritchie version of Aladdin, even though. That's like not, not right, but a Disney directed yeah it's a music it's a Disney musical like as yeah. it is right now yeah it's weird I hear it's a weird combination but I would like to see um, gentlemen I typically like Guy Ritchie I love pretty, Snatch I do too yeah um, Lockstock people, people and, talk a lot about yeah. Lockstock I liked Lockstock and Two Spoken Girls a lot but I I had trouble understanding what they were saying it's a very <laughs> British movie it's a super British movie um <laughs> yeah even with subtitles i'm still like hold on what does that mean <laughs> yeah it's very weird to hear like it's matthew it's like that same kind of dialogue and matthew mcconaughey plays an american in the movie okay. like he's supposed to be an american so that's not weird aspect of it isn't weird but the dialogue is written as though like so guy richie ish so it's very guy richie ish and it's cool. really i wish they'd written the dialogue hmm. better for matthew mcconaughey in this movie because i love him as an actor uh and i think yeah. he could have done it was just very weird hearing him say the dialogue but like I love uh, I love Charlie Hunnam in this movie, and I love Hugh Grant in this movie. Oh my god, I didn't know who um, was in it. They were great. Um, Charlie, did I say Where that I right? Know Charlie, Charlie, I don't know him. What is he from? Sons of Anarchy. Okay, I never watched. Uh, that. Yeah, he's yeah, I like him though. Uh, he's great in this. Uh, bottom five, number six, Jumanji: The Next Level, six million. Okay. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, sure. another three point two million. Uh, number eight, The Turning, uh, with. Just over three million this weekend. It looks pretty bad. Horror movie that interesting. That that was like only the second movie I guess this year. That I mean, it's been you know what, we're only in the February. Horror but movie this year. It got an F cinema score rating. Oh, interesting. Which even for bad even bad movies might just get like a B minus or a C plus. Yeah. Like there's always somebody that likes a crappy movie. The Turning got a 13 from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 13 from Ooh. audience on Rotten Tomatoes. So oh boy, pretty bad overall. Really, yeah. Number nine, uh, Little Women, just over $3 million. Yep, good. And uh, number ten this weekend is the other new release, which is uh, The Rhythm Section. Ah, yes. The one with Blake Lively. uh, Fell short of even the worst of expectations there. Yeah. $2.8 million. Pretty bad rating on Rotten Tomatoes, too. 33 from critics, 43 from audience. C-plus cinema score. Um, And it has set a record, uh, by the way. Worst opening ever for a film debuting in over 3,000 locations. Wow. Uh, only a $918 per theater average. Bad for them. Not not great. No? Nope. Uh, that's a Paramount movie, so I mean it's Paramount. Hey, setting records. They'll be fine. It's got a record in there, so... Yay. Uh, that's top ten. That's top ten for the week. Um, I only see one movie that I new, care about next week. New about. release next week. Birds yeah. of Prey. Birds of Prey and the, the Fantabulous budge? Emancipation of Harley... Qu- uh, what's the full title? Uh, and the, fin- and the, the Fantabulous Emancipation, emancipation of, of One Harley Quinn. 
I didn't know there was a full title there, but there I, I kind of like that full title. I really like it. Um, yeah. I'm not particularly excited about this. I'll probably go see it. It's I, You know, I'll tell you, Suicide Squad's not my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. I think uh, it's it was okay. I mean, as a movie, it's shit, but like, it was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it um, was completely stupid. The story was unbelievable. Tell bad. you what I loved. Uh, Will Smith in that movie. If and, they had made it yeah. a Deadshot solo movie, Ooh, with yeah. generally the same plot, but a little less convoluted nonsense that has, like, the, what, the Enchantress is bad, but like, whatever. A little, if they had made it a Deadshot movie and done a careful Marvel thing of slowly building up a cast of characters, yeah. I would have I would have appreciated it more. But instead, they just like, yeah. you can't just skip to the Avengers. Right? Man. Killer Croc deserved better. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, I, but not, what's the, Do we have a budget for Birds of Prey? Birds of Prey, I don't know. Um, Birds of Prey. I do think Margot Robbie was like... The uh, another one of the best parts of Suicide Squad. I thought she was perfect as Harley Quinn. I I, I would be. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Uh, supposedly the budget is around seventy five million dollars. Okay. Maybe maybe up to ninety million. So uh, it's a February movie. I don't think it'll do that good, but I bet it will surprise. I would bet. I would count on this getting about if Bad Boys. Can get, I think it, the opening for that was a seventy around $70 million okay. in January. And I think for February, like if a movie, if Bad Boys for Life can get that much money in January, I think Birds of Prey can get up to 85, $85 million, you think? Okay, yeah, I was going to say even more. I was going to say maybe, yeah. but it's still early opening February. weekend, yeah. Like it's yeah, the weekend right. before Valentine's I think you're right. Day. I think you're right. <clears throat> I don't think... I'll I'll say seventy five, and you can say seventy five plus. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eighty. All right. Well, let's, let's over split 70. the difference. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. I'll go under eighty. You go over. Sure. All right. Okay. Uh, is that the only one we want to do an estimate for this week? Uh, no. What's the lodge? The lodge. What is the lodge? Oh, that's looks a like a horror. Um, during a family retreat, um, oh, to I saw a remote the winter cabin over the holidays, the father is forced to. Abruptly depart for work, leaving his two children in the care of his new girlfriend, Grace. Isolated and alone, a blizzard traps them in a lodge as terrifying events summon specters from Grace's dark past. You know, I saw a trailer. I did see a trailer for this one. It's it got a seventy-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It looks pretty good. That's but I a, couldn't imagine it making any money. That was. This is like a. Fe- I think this was a festival movie. I want to say it just had okay. its uh, debut. I think this was at. I could be wrong. This might have been at Sundance. Um. Like the lodge I know is like it was. It's like a festival. It's very. It seems very indie. I don't think it's. Uh, I'd be surprised if this had a very wide release. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a few million at most. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I would hope so. That's cool that it got a. It got a getting good reviews there. There's also a movie coming out. It's like a horror movie. It looks like called Come to Daddy. What? <laughs> a privileged man child arrives. I don't. It's this. Oh, I don't think that's. I don't. It's just because sometimes Rotten Tomatoes just gives me random shit. It just it, gives you everything. It even gives you like the small. But it usually uh, is organized releases. Well, it just gives me five here. It's at the point. There's not that like Birds of Prey is really the only big movie yeah, coming say. out next week. And that's then, the only one that's right money for. So yeah, you know it's coming out the week after that though. Sonic, Sonic. the motherfucking Hedgehog, which I think did a brilliant marketing campaign. <laughs> Uh, of I think showing a trailer, I and think then... they did. I think I'm a conspiracy theorist on this. They did 15 minutes of that shitty Sonic, and we're like, "What do you think?" And they're like, "Put out a trailer and see what people think." Oh. And then they put out a trailer, and they were like, "Oh, everyone hates it. Fine." And then they we've just... only wasted a couple hundred hours. And then they have to delay the release, otherwise the story won't make any sense. Yeah, and then like... we just we outsource this, and then we don't pay those artists. <laughs> 
Oh god, <laughs> that's what happened with um, Sausage Party. Oh really? Oh yeah, it's look that started. up, man. It was uh, there's some horrible stories that came out of that animation studio about uh, working conditions. Huh, that sucks, man. Oh boy, are um, they not unionized? I don't know the specifics of that. I wish I did. I think um, I don't know. I, I mean, I know for like cartoons, like anything that's simply animated is almost always outsourced to Korea. Yeah, and like right other. South Asian countries. I know, but, like, a um, lot of animated TV shows were like that, too. Yeah, back King of the, the Hill yeah. was done in Korea. And... Rug, Rugrats, I know, was yeah. very, like, it was outsourced. Uh, that's all I got. I think that's all we got for box office news right there, right? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Move on to news news? All Ooh, right. Yeah. Uh, the impeachment. <laughs> oh, boy. Movie-related news. Oh, okay. Oh, boy, yeah. Don't even, don't even get us started. Holy shit. Um, I'll start this off. Uh, I've got a, there's a few movie musicals in the works right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, start with Netflix. They will be adapting the Matilda musical. Oh, cute. Yeah. And right now, supposedly they're in talks with Ray Fiennes. You know, the, um, in the, the musical, the Broadway musical Matilda, Trunchbull is played by a man. Okay. And they're looking at Ray Fiennes awesome. to play Trunchbull in this That's movie. That's awesome. Um, which would be wonderful. I haven't actually seen the mu- musical, but I loved um, I loved the Danny DeVito movie uh, from the 90s. So they're doing that. Uh, they're doing a Little Shop of Horrors remake. Do you know about this? Oh, you know, I, uh, I've actually never seen the movie, or, but I know some of the music and stuff. Music's My great. college did it. Oh, nice. And I didn't see it. You didn't see it. <laughs> I love the music, too. Yeah, it's, great sh- it's a great show. Um, when they did the original movie, the um, they had to, uh, they test screened the original, because in the original ending of the show, the plant eats everybody. <laughs> see? Um, why can't we have this? Why can't we just have a classic, funny comedy, and at the end, everyone fucking dies? <laughs> That's what it was going to be. And then the test audiences hated it, so they shot a new ending for it. I would hope that they do that with this new remake. Um, that would be amazing. Here they're, they're looking at um, Taron Edgerton, supposedly, to play Seymour, hmm. who I would love to see from uh, Kingsman and yeah, yeah, uh, no, Rocketman. Yeah. That's, uh, hmm. He's solid. Uh, they're looking at Scarlett Johansson as Audrey. Okay. And Billy Porter as the voice of Andre 2. Remind me who Billy Porter is? Billy Porter is on the TV show Pose. Okay. Uh, he was on Broadway. He was in the original Broadway production of Kinky Boots. Okay. Uh, and he is a terrific actor. Okay. Um, that would be fun to see. Um, and I'm saving this one for last because I hate this. Um, they're turning the, the... So, Mean Girls. Adapted into a Broadway musical, uh-huh. which is supposed to be very good. I haven't seen it. And now they're turning the musical into, into a, a movie. musical movie with uh, Tina Fey writing the screenplay for this. Weird. I mean, good. It, it's been but, fifteen um, years. It's fine. I don't have a huge issue with it. I don't super love musical movies, and I actually do like musicals. But yeah. musical movies, mm, you know, nineteen out of twenty musical movies are. Not good. I <laughs> would. And there's a handful. Uh, yeah, that are there's great. a lot of bad ones. Maybe out there. maybe I'll be more generous. Nine <laughs> out of ten musical movies. Are <laughs> I'll bad. be slightly less generous. <laughs> I love movie musicals. I would go seven, six or seven out of ten. Maybe. Okay. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I do like them. I like them though. I don't know. I like but, musicals, but yeah. The really thing I can't stand is videotapes of live theater musicals. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Let me, if I may, go off on a tangent here. Yeah. 
Um, I was waiting. I remember waiting for uh, an eye. I was at an eye appointment, and they dilated my eyes, mm-hmm. and they kept me waiting for a very long time. And I can't read anything because. Sure. My eyes are dilated. Yeah. It's blurry. That's the worst. But they throw the TV on. I swear to God, it's like the same movies every time I go get my eyes checked out. Wally is always... Uh, it's not even the whole movie. The the last 20 minutes of Wally. Okay. Every time. And <laughs> then I remember one time they showed a video production of a Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah. And it's like, there's no thrill in this because they're not going to videotape a Cirque du Soleil show where the actors fall down and break their arms or whatever. Right. Like, and... It's just not as cool no. on video. But also, I don't like that NBC, that uh, those live... Is it NBC who does Oh, it? yes, yes. Those live production musicals. Yeah. I'm not a fan of those. It's 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 a mixed bag. Yeah, well, like, the ones I've seen, I haven't liked. I, saw, um, I think I saw, I saw part of the Grease one, yeah. where they kind of incorporated more well, of the live audience. Cute. That, that might have cool. been cute. That was pretty... Yeah, it was a solid cast, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm trying to think. I watched part of the Little Mermaid one, and I thought it was it was this thing where they did where they like blended the um, they showed the movie, oh. but then they interspersed it with live performances, Ooh. and it was a little huh. it was a little weird. Um, that is, That's but strange. Queen Latifah absolutely crushed. Uh, who played Ursula in it? Oh, nice. uh, crushed. Okay. Of poor unfortunate souls. Oh my god. Um, Should have cast her for the live action reboot of that. Uh, oh yeah, they are doing one. They are doing a live action Little Mermaid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got some updates for award season stuff too. Okay. Um, a lot of the Guild Awards have come out, of course, uh, which are sometimes predictors of what's going to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Producers Guild Award winner was 1917. Yeah. Uh, as, as was the predicted. directors. Yeah, directors guild award went to Sam Mendes for that. Uh-huh. The um, the writing award, the writers guild awards went to who did they go to? Parasite for original screenplay. Ooh. And for adapted screenplay, uh, Jojo Rabbit was the winner for that. I saw the most phenomenal YouTube video from Nerdwriter mm. about uh, Parasite's a montage in the middle of Parasite. And it is so good. You, which, uh, which montage? So basically, it's oh, the one it where they have to get rid of the uh, housekeeper. Oh, the peach. Yeah. And oh. the peach and all that. And it is this, it's like, it's perfectly set up and oh, beautifully shot. And just this so rhythm to it all. And it's so good. And yeah, uh, just I can't recommend that YouTube video. I gotta watch. I've heard of that. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, Nerdwriter is really good. He does some amazing content, too. Yeah. Uh, in general. Gotta watch that. By the way, uh, I gotta say, I watched. Uh, I've watched Judy since our last recording. Oh yeah, what'd you think? I thought it was really good. Uh, Renee Zellweger was solid in that. Remind me what Judy is about. Judy is about so it's Judy Garland. Okay, that's um, what I thought. She's on hard times. This is in very late in her career. Uh, takes place in the late sixties. Okay, I think it's sixty eight, and she goes on. Uh, she does a series of gigs in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, she's got it. I mean, it's Judy Garland, she's got issues with, you know, drugs yep, and alcohol. Sure. Um, and Renee Zellweger is terrific in this. Uh, she does live singing in this. They oh, recorded cool. her live it. on the set. Oh, that's very cool. And she's, I mean, she's great. Um, and when she sings, like, she sings Over the Rainbow, uh, at the end of this movie, mm. and that, I think that, 
about seals the award for her maybe because there was that one shot where I saw it and I like I wasn't looking at Renee Zellweger as yeah. Judy Garland I was looking at Judy Garland oh wow I really should see it um really good though not not the best movie I've seen this season but like it's really I thought it was really good nice um yeah certainly uh I'd give her best actress I guess okay um, so Lion King won the, uh, it's the Visual Effects Society Awards top ga- category. It was for Outstanding Visual Effects in a Photoreal Feature. Okay, And the other nominees for this were, uh, Alita Battle Angel, Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame, Gemini Man, and, uh, Rise of Skywalker. That's an, they had um, to, did they rename that? I don't know. Because it really sounds like... Like, it's like a specific... it's an animated feature, almost, but Photoreal means, like... yeah. Uh, I saw Alita Battle Angels, did you? No, I didn't, but supposedly incredible visual effects. Yeah, you know, they look weird in the trailer, but you sort of get used to them, and they were really good. I thought the problem with Alita Battle Angel is, like, everything looks kind of silly and, like, anime and, like, Mm -hmm. uh, but just, like, I don't know, there's, like, a weird silliness to everything, but there's, like, almost no humor in the movie. Yeah. And so, like, it really would have done well with just a few jokes spliced in there like you wouldn't even you could just reshoot them in um like oh. literally there's one part where you could just edit in a scene i i have it in my head um yeah and it would be perfect but i like deleted battle angel as much as i thought i wouldn't mm-hmm. but what's also frustrating about Alita battle angel is like it is uh very much part one of a series yeah and i did not know that going into it <laughs> and so I was like, okay, here's the final showdown. What? It's over. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, it really was frustrating. I was like, wait, we're running out of time. We're um, not going to we're not gonna see the end of this movie. Okay. Uh, and uh, this little bit of news I wanted to share about the entertainment industry because I really just want to play uh, my theme song here for Disney News. Okay. They're, they're doing this Loki TV series for Disney Plus where he messes with history. And Owen Wilson uh, was cast in this. Have oh, you heard really? about this? For who? Uh, they haven't said who, but they're oh, saying wow. that he's been, uh, he has been cast. Cool. So we got Owen Wilson in the MCU now. It's very nice. cool. Give him, give that 10 out of 10. Kurt Charles. Give it, uh, I'll give it six. Wow. Kurt Charles. Wow. Kurt <laughs> okay. Good stuff. And the last thing I want to bring up, um, so I mentioned cats before, and something that I had hoped would happen to this movie, it looks like is happening. Uh, so Alamo Draft House does the this series of films. It's called the Rowdy Screening series. Yeah. They've done it for movies like they did it for Magic Mike XXL. They did it for Hustlers and RBG, the, uh, the Ruth Bader <laughs> Ginsburg it. documentary. Have they, you seen that? Huh? Have you seen RBG? Oh, I love RBG. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Oh, it's great. Um, but they encourage viewers who come to this to like come in costume and like kind of shout things at the screen, sort of like Rocky Horror or The Room, in a way. And they have like drink specials for these things, and they've started doing rowdy screenings for cats. I love it. And it it seems like you know they've got special drink. They got milk-based cocktails. Something called the Jellicle Ball Karaoke Challenge. Oh my god! Um, it, it, it's um, it seems like Cats is about to find a 
second life uh, out of its nine lives. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, out of uh, it's finding a second life as a cult classic. Here is like a midnight movie. Yeah, I think uh, I think you know that's not too surprising. I think, <laughs> I think it's, it's great. Yeah, and I think like much like the you know Tommy Wiseau with the room. Like, you think they, they got, intended it? Not at all. You don't think they want? They were like, this is going to be so weird, but there's going to be a subset of people who are going to be dedicated to this. It's because t- it's Tom Hooper who did, um, you know, the King Speech and the Les oh Miz movie. Okay, who never directed mind. this movie. I, I, never mind. So I get to see. I haven't seen it. I need to change that very soon, but it seems like... I get a sense that it's, like, a very self-serious movie. Okay. Yeah, alright. I, I, I would not be surprised if, like, in the next couple of years, the Music Box Theater starts showing Cats at Midnight. Okay, that's awesome. Well, okay. I think it would be amazing. Um, That's all I've got for news news. Yeah, I don't have any news. Nothing? That's what's going on. So now we're going to go into our main topic of discussion for today, the movie Color Out of Space, uh, based on the short story by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, so this movie, in short, so we're going to go into spoilers, stop listening if you want to, don't want to hear any of this, but it's about a family who is terrorized by some sort of alien force? Yeah, like sort of a, uh, like a... Well, it's like a meteorite that sort of leeches. Yeah. Negative. <laughs> yeah. Energy. It undo it. Yeah. Um, but it, it also has sort of a physical presence later. Yeah, like it changes. So to, um, there's a character in this movie played by Tommy Chong who's really good. Oh my this, gosh! So boy, who's sort of like a conspiracy theorist, and like I think he was talking about like how it changes the things around it to become. Like, how it wants things to be. Oh, I yeah, guess. okay, like, so what was he saying? Okay, yeah, so I'm trying to sort of figure it out more. It's a complicated, because there's a million things going on, and I felt like some of them, I didn't know how some things were connected necessarily to the alien. For example, mm-hmm. the amazing acting choices by Nicolas Cage. Okay, Nicolas Cage is in this movie, and God damn it, he goes Full Nicolas Cage at certain points. He doesn't start off... Like, the first half of this movie, he's relatively restrained. Yeah. And so the alien, like, this life force, I guess, influences things around it in a negative manner. But, like, when it influences Nicolas Cage, like, he put, he has this weird, like, affect to his voice. He, uh, yeah, he, like, puts this thing on his, his voice. Yeah. And stuff, like, slurring... Like, not slurring, but, like, he gets, like, this weird... Canadianish maybe accent almost like uh it, I don't even know I it's very it's I'll like, tell you yeah <laughs> there's something <laughs> interesting bizarre. something interesting I heard about this movie actually so Richard Stanley the director uh, his favorite Nicolas Cage movie is something is a movie called Vampire's Kiss Never Which, uh, Nicolas Cage if you've ever seen any clips from this movie is also where it, it, people say like it's kind of the beginning Okay. Of Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. Yeah. 
Because um, he does a lot of over... If you're, I've never seen the full movie, but I've seen clips, and he does a lot of... Uh, it's very overacting. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted Nicolas Cage, the director wanted Nicolas Cage to... In particular. Yeah. In, do it in the style of Vampire's Kiss, which explains, like... So, what I'm wondering is that it was something to do with his father. Was he channeling his father there? Maybe, yeah. His father's like a... That's what it seemed like, and that's what I yeah. thought they were hinting at. And so, I don't know how the alien they was didn't... doing that, or, or what it was doing. I said the alien being the you know the meteorite force does it like read his mind like read everybody's yeah. minds because they're talking about like i don't know like i think back so at the very end of the movie uh his his daughter is like seems to be taken by this thing and like i don't know yeah like, and we also had the question of maybe she chose it maybe she called it down with her ritual at the beginning and end Maybe. I don't think... Well, at the beginning, I don't think she got to finish that ritual. She's into Wiccan. Yeah. Uh, at, the be- at the beginning of this movie, you see her doing a Wiccan ritual. And then in the middle of the movie, I guess, she she does another one. And, yeah, I don't think she got to finish the ritual at the beginning. But there's definitely something up with the one, like, in the middle of the movie. Right? Yeah, and it's got to be related to... Well, the one in the middle of the movie, like, then comes back... Near the end, and is shown like the symbol on her head. Yeah, she into her head is like yes. something from an alien planet. Yeah, like is that like how did she did she carve that? Did this force impel her to yeah, carve her that? Eyes turn. So one thing, let's get a little less specific. Um, yeah, one thing I thought was interesting, and I think uh, is that one point in the beginning is Nick Cage says something like, uh, "It was a color I've never seen before." And yeah. I almost going into this movie thought they were going to have it be like sepia or black and white for the beginning and then have color Ooh. be introduced. I think that might have been an that interesting That would have been really idea. cool. And I did look, I, I did do some a little bit of research. Because I imagine that's what the book this. is like. I imagine the book is, describes it as a color so, people have never seen Supposedly before. like something outside the color spectrum is how it's uh, yeah, described. Yeah, and so I like, I, you know, it's pinkish. You know? It's very pink and it's very, it felt very 80s. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, and I wonder if they were just trying to get an unnatural color or something. Yeah. I, that was sort of my lesser favorite of the effects, was the pinkish, like, goo. And the effects aren't great. Like, this is a very low budget. You can tell, but I thought the practical effects mm. were used really well. Oh, and, like, yeah. Were shot really well, too. This thing, like, um, this alien force, like, distorts everything around it. It infects the water. Um, yeah, did you notice the rainbow in the ice cube? Uh, no, wait, really what subtle. Was so when Nick Cage pours himself a bourbon in the middle of it, mm. he's, there's a single ice cube in there, mm. and there's a rainbow reflection oh. in the ice cube as he pours the water. So there's something. They're, they're all drinking the water, which is assumed. I like didn't even leaching. think of the. I didn't even think of the ice. Yeah, yeah. So they're like getting this stuff leached into their system. And this family, for some stupid reason, pulls their water from a well. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess. Well, I I, sh- I, I, say, I guess I say that because it's well, we know have it's you affected. Seen, uh, Cabin Fever. No, the original, of course, no, not no. the terrible, terrible remake. No. Uh, well, it's really good. Eli Roth directed. Um, and no, they did a second one. Uh, well, they made a remake in like 2015. Oh. I think it got a zero on both critics and audience. Around that is hilarious. It's one of the worst. Um, but. There's a big spoilers for Cabin Fever, I guess. Sure. <laughs> but the whole premise of that movie is like they make a subtle thing about like these two it's a bunch of like bros and and like people out in the woods renting a cabin for the weekend. You know, just like teenagers doing 
you know, horror movie stuff. Right. And uh, one of the things is, like, the two dudes are like, dude, I'm not drinking anything but beer whole weekend. Oh, no. And the two characters that agree to do that are the ones that are safe, because it turns out at the end of the movie, it's the water that's turning them into zombies. That's pretty funny. And so, yeah. uh, So, very early on, they show glasses of water, and they reference the well, and Mm -hmm. it's really nailed into you hard. The water is bad. Yeah. Um, And I'm not exactly sure... Where it went, other than like, yeah, we know. Yeah, talking specifically for this movie. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah. There's they want you to focus on a lot. There's a lot of uh, a lot of focus on that water. I mean, from the beginning of the movie, when there's a hydrologist, yeah, <laughs> uh, coming to like inspect the who I guess is kind of our hero of the movie. Yeah, he sort of ends up being. Yeah, like the focus eventually comes off of Nicolas Cage and like. Yeah, I thought it was sort of about the daughter too. Yeah, yeah, uh, Lavinia. Yeah. Um, and this is based on, so it's based on H.P. Lovecraft, um, which yeah. is, the, this is supposedly his favorite of the stories he wrote. You said you did a, some research on the story, because I haven't bit. read it. A little bit. It, you know, in reading the synopsis of the original story, they changed a lot, um, because this was written, uh, yeah. in the early 20th 20th. century. Okay, yeah. Um, and it took place in the late 1800s. Okay. So obviously they updated it to be modern, yeah. and they changed some of the characters. Uh, the original character in the story had three sons. Okay. This one he has two sons and a daughter. Sure, uh, just little changes like that. I what I was hoping the synopsis of the original story would provide was more details on what exactly the this alien life force was. Yeah, because it really wasn't clear, and I feel like they there are so many questions. In fact, I really liked it. Uh, Seeing it, but thinking about it more, I've sort of gotten frustrated with it because they, yeah, there are a lot of like questions brought up with not a lot of resolution. And the the short story is actually, I think, from what I can tell, very much like that, where so there's not a lot of interpretation. Well, yeah, that's not we can a lot chat of... about it then. Yeah, no, I mean that's why it's great to like come up with all these theories. I thought this was just going to be a dumb Nicolas Cage movie that everybody seemed to love and was getting good rate reviews because it was. Yeah. Nicolas Cage going Donzo. Yeah. Which he still does in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. But it's sort of with reason. It's not... Yeah. It's not just, like, him being silly. No. It's... He makes some very, like... Towards the end of the movie, he's... bizarre choices. Questionable. Yeah. There's one scene where he's just trying to start the car, and he's just, like... He goes... And he goes nuts. Yeah. It's it's great. I don't Honestly, know, he like, was good. I, I I liked him. I liked everything he did. I really, yeah. It's yeah. The alpacas. The alpacas. Uh, I thought there were some great uh, other horror references in here. Oh I mean, yeah. Obviously, with the alpacas and yeah. uh, later the, like the the, the dog. creatures. Yeah. Uh, the oh, the, yeah. the to the thing. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then there was definitely an Evil Dead reference. Yeah. A couple of them, both with the Necronomicon. And, which I know is not necessarily an Evil Dead reference. But, but uh, it's well known yeah. in the Evil Dead, yeah. But then also with, they used an a audio effect on the monster mom son's voice. Oh, that was, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. It. It's like a little almost oh. a digitized kind of, but it's like really a freaky effect. And they yeah. use that in Evil Dead too for sure. And I love yeah. it. 
It's great. They did it in Annihilation. Uh, I was telling you about yeah, the part this, Annihilation. I would say this that. is just a sillier, campier Annihilation. It is very... Ca- it was very... I mean, still very unsettling to it was watch. Scary. I think it was scarier, like, too, than Annihilation. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I think Annihilation 2 is a lot more sci-fi than horror. Exactly. This is, yeah, this is more the horror. Very, it's almost yeah. the same story. Sort of, in a way, um, yeah. So, yeah. Annihilation, the first time I watched it, I didn't necessarily love it. Um, and mm. I had to read more about it and came to appreciate it more as reading the interpretation of what, like, you're supposed to think it is. Uh, but, yeah, but I'm not, I wonder if there's as much reading to do. I don't think there is about it. Um, yeah, but maybe I mean <laughs> you know it's a short story that I think Annihilation been, uh, analyzed a lot. Was Annihilation also based on uh, previous material? It's based on a book. Yeah. Okay, and it's like a series of books. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I think Annihilation like shortened them to one movie or something. Okay, but I could be wrong. Uh, they may also be making further. I'd watch more of those. I thought the. I mean, it was a very open. Uh, Open-ended ending, like, who knows what could happen after that. Yeah. What I didn't like about Annihilation the first time I saw it is that it felt like there were no rules to the alien. It was like, sometimes you turn into flowers, and sometimes it makes weird crocodiles, and sometimes it... Yeah. And sometimes it makes, like, a copy of you. I'd be more, like, I'd be very interested in seeing, like, what exactly its function is, I guess, in this large universe. what and why. Yeah. Yeah, just... What specifically? Yeah, it would be really cool to get more of that. Yeah. Maybe it goes more into that in the books. I don't know. Um, I would imagine. I think there's four. I think it's based on like four books. So oh, okay. Uh, so I think it does go into probably some good detail. But... Um, and the, supposedly Richard Stanley, the director of Color Out of Space, uh, speaking of more doing more movies for things, wants to make this Has the he first. Done anything else that I know? Uh, you know, his last movie was something called The Island of Dr. Moreau, which, <laughs> I do know that which bombed horribly at the box office. I've never seen it, but in, in, in high school, I had an awful physics teacher named Dr. Morrow. Oh, no. And my brother was like, have you not seen The Island of Dr. Moreau? Oh, boy. Uh, and so, you know, he actually ended up being a good teacher, to, to be fair. But um, yeah. but it was funny because I had this science teacher named Dr. Morrow. This guy, uh, this guy Richard Stanley, though, he wants to do... Uh, he wants this to be his first in an H.P. Lovecraft trilogy of movies. Oh, okay. That's cool. So we might see more of those. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. And I was reading, it was interesting reading some behind the scenes uh, about Richard Stanley and this movie. And supposedly he's been like a Lovecraft fan since he was a child. Oh, like, his cool. mother read him these stories when he was younger. And then when his mother was took ill, um, he would read these stories to her, including uh, Color Out of Darkness. Out of Space. Did, what did I... God damn it. <laughs> uh, he would read Color Out of Space to her. Okay. It was... Yeah. I'm going to find a way to cut around this. <laughs> <laughs> no, now you're going to leave it in. Nah. Um, maybe. Who knows? A uh, raw conversation. That's really like... I mean, that's all I've got. I thought it was well acted yeah. outside of Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the, uh, the, the the teenage daughter was great. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All the kids in there were yeah. really good, I thought. Tommy Chong kicked ass. Tommy was Chong so, was so freaky. good. He's like the conspiracy theorist and like it fits his personality so well and like it feels yeah. the dialogue felt like supernatural 
Yeah, it was supernatural great. coming out of him. Like, yeah, it was. He was. He was wild and really good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's very scary. Um, yeah, it's good. The shit out of me. Grotesque, and I'm not easy to scare. Uh, it really gets into your skin. Yeah, it gets into your skin, man. Um, yeah, solid movie. Definitely. We're two guys, and we watched a movie. So I think that's about all we got for today. Uh, thank you for joining us on today's episode of Two Guys Watch a Movie. Thank you for listening. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. If there's some podcast network we're missing, let us know. We'll be up there. Thank you guys very much. I'm Jordan Ehrlich. I'm Tommy Quartz. We'll see you soon. Bye.